Welcome to the Fitbox Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Frankie. Glad you're here listening. On our podcast, we talk about two main things. First and foremost, we interview members of Fitbox so that way you can hear their stories about how they're repaying debt, how they're saving for retirement, buying homes, all this type of stuff really to give you motivation and some different ideas. That's the first thing we talk about. The second thing our podcast do is we take individual finance topics and go through them in more detail. So that way you can say, does this apply to me? And how does this apply to my plan? So if you have questions or you want to sign up for Fitbucks, you can do so in the show notes, fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the episode. to the podcast if you're watching on youtube welcome there also today we got an exciting episode talking about an occupational therapist that we helped going through her story about how she overcame one hundred forty thousand dollars in student loan debt but most importantly financial freedom how she was burnt out because of finances and how she got past that you guys hear me talk about understanding planning and implementing your financial plan that's what leads to financial freedom Today's really going to stress out that that implementation component. Um, so we're going to dive into that today. Before I do, again, thank you for watching. If you're uh, listening on the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends. It helps us grow. Plus, you'll be notified when new episodes come out. If you're watching on YouTube, like the channel, subscribe to the channel, like this video, write some comments in. It helps us grow. We're greatly appreciated. Plus, you'll also be notified of new videos when they come out so that way you guys can keep learning, keep motivated, so on and so forth. So uh, with that being said, like I said, I'm excited to show you, share with you the story. Now, a lot of you know that we, when we do these stories, we interview uh, the person. Um, her name was Michelle. She was embarrassed. She didn't want people to know like about her necessarily, like her specific background and everything that she did. Um, her real name is actually not even Michelle. I'm going to use a pseudo name called Michelle. So that way people don't know who I'm talking about, but she was really shy, really camera shy, really microphone shy. Um, so she asked that I just verbalize it for her and just share it for her. So that's, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to share Michelle's story with you. Okay. Um, like I said, she, she's now an occupational therapist. Um, one of many that we've helped, uh, not just occupational therapists, but in the rehab facility, healthcare workers, all that type of stuff. Uh, for her, she grew up really poor. Uh, obviously not coming from a family that had a ton of money, not even really middle class. Um, they weren't poverty poor, but the way she described it was like middle, lower, lower middle income um, to maybe a little bit below that. Okay. Bottom line is, is that they had no money growing up. And still with that, she always loved helping people. And so she really wanted to go into healthcare because of that. And when it came to school, she had a number of choices in terms of how to go into healthcare. She, again, she could have been a nurse, an OT, an SLP, a, P, a PT, a PA, whatever it was. Um, and she decided, like I said earlier, to go the, the OT route. Now, like I said, she had went to school, she graduated, and she was working with people. But she hated OT at that point. Like when I first met her, she was just burnt out. Okay. And this is something that I want to stress like a lot of because I hear this a lot from people that are in the, just anybody really, not just in the OT world, but it can be any profession. 
and they say I'm burned out, but it's actually not job related that they're burned out from, meaning they don't not like doing what they're doing. So like with Michelle, she loved being an OT, but her feelings towards OTs started shifting. And it was because it was financially related, okay? Because she had this financial stress in her life and she wasn't sure what she was doing with money and she had nowhere to go since she graduated. Like she just was stressed and anxiety about money. Because of that, people end up blaming the profession. And I see this on a daily basis. And so for those of you that are listening to this that are in school uh, or just graduated, I want you guys to really understand this, okay? Because I see this all the time. I hear from OTs, for example, and they'll say, well, I never should have became an OT. And I say, why? They're like, because of the student loan debt that I ended up taking out. And it's like, well, money is causing you stress, but like going to work and actually helping people, if you didn't have to worry about, about money, going to, to work and helping people, do you like that? And it's like, well, yeah, it's just the joy out of everything, like the money part of it takes the joy out of everything that I basically do. And what people don't realize that are quote unquote burning out, because I see this too, people burn out and they call us at Fitbucks and they say, well, I'm leaving the OT industry. And I'm like, why? Like, because I'm not making enough. I mean, I'm going to XYZ job. What those people don't understand is that their money problems are still going to follow them no matter where they go. And so in the first like six months of a new job, it's new, so you might feel all excited, but eventually you're going to go back to that place that you were before in terms of anxiety. And now you're going to, those people just end up burning, blaming that job and they burn out and go to another one and another one. And the whole time it's all financial related. That's what's causing the burnout. Not that you don't like become, being an OT or not that you don't like the industry or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I know like notes and paperwork and stuff, that sucks, that part of the job. But just helping people, you like that. And that's exactly where Michelle was at. Now, like I said, when she came to us, she was was blaming being an OT. And then when I said that to her, I asked her just flat out. I was like, if you didn't have to worry about money, do you like actually being an OT? She's like, yeah, I love it. I, if you frame it that way. And it's like, well, let's separate the two. Okay. And so that's where we, we start off with, with her. Okay. Now, because I'm going to go through with you her situation when she first came to us. Again, this was actually about three years ago when she first came to us. Okay. She had no money for school. Okay. And her parents definitely couldn't help out. So like a lot of us, like she ended up taking out student loans. So she graduated and she graduated a while ago. So she graduated 10 years ago with $110,000 in student loan debt. Now, when she graduated, the starting pay uh, for her was $51,000. Those of you that are, are kind of saying, hey, what should be my starting pay as OT now? Based on the data that we have at Fitbucks, that number is up to about $68,000, $72,000, depending on where you're at, what setting you're in and whatnot. But for her, she started off at $51,000. Now, she's up to like $80,000 a year now, okay? She's now also 37 years old. Okay, so again, she graduated 10 years ago. Um, at the time that she came to us, she was 34, because like I said, this was three years ago, okay? However, she graduated with $110,000, but her student loans were actually at $140,000 now. And she didn't understand why, okay? So she had been on an income German repayment plan the whole time, and on those plans, your account balances go up. And she was like, oh, I'm making payments, you know, and like 88% of the people that we pulled that are on those plans don't have a clue how they work. 
so we explained that to her. Like, this is the type of plan that you're on. She's like, oh, well, this doesn't make sense. I, I can never get out of this. And she was so confused and, and she didn't know what to do. But on top of that, she also had a car payment of about $270 a month that she still owed on for another three or four or five years, okay, at that time that she came to us. But the other thing was that she had been out of school at that point for seven years, and all she had in her 403B was about $20,000. She had nothing else, so no Roth IRA, no anything else uh, besides an emergency fund. And when she first came to us, I was like, well, what? let's look at this. What money, and instead of setting up her, you know, organizing your money, for those of you that are new to the podcast, we always talk about the way you organize your money is in three categories, money for today, money for future self, and risk management, meaning like insurances and whatnot. And she was like, I don't have any other money for money for future self. Like I can't do anything else aggressively because basically all my money is going from day to day money, which is your expenses. And it's like, okay. And I had asked her, what has she done in the past to try to get on top of this? And she had mentioned that she had downloaded a budgeting app, but it didn't really do anything for her. Like she was joking around. She's like, I, it's like, am I overspending or not? Like, I don't know because I'm the one that put the number I'm spending $300 groceries. Like, is that a lot? Is that a little? All this budgeting app tells me is if I spend more than 300 or less than 300, it gives me a green number or a red number. It doesn't really tell me anything about what I should be doing. And that's the key thing that people don't understand. Budgeting apps don't tell you what you should be doing. They tell you if you're above or below what numbers you put into the budgeting app. That's really all it did, okay? And she tried to do other stuff besides the budgeting app. She said that she had tried to go out to some financial planners and that most were trying to charge her about $3,000 just to, to talk with them. Um, the cheapest one that she found after a lot of digging was $700 and they just flat out told her that they couldn't help her with student loans because they didn't know anything about them. And so it's like, that was one of her main things. It's like, I got over a hundred grand in student loans and you're, I can't get help on that from a financial planner. Okay, so that, that's kind of where she was at when she first came to us three years ago. Okay, now, like I said, that was three years ago. And the way she got in contact with us was because she got an email from her alumni group basically saying to go to Fitbucks. And that's where I met her at. And that's the position that she was in when I met her. And she scheduled a call. I was her coach. And we built out an entire plan for her. And she was super excited to get started. But remember, it's understanding, planning, and implementing. And she fell into a trap that a lot of people have fallen into the last two and a half years, okay? She scheduled that call and I talked to her at the beginning of March of 2020. What else happened in March of 2020? COVID and student loans went on to forbearance. And so because she didn't feel this pain of monthly payments and all this stuff from that, she decided to do nothing. And this is something that I hear from a lot of people all the time. They will say something to me like, I'm going to implement this plan, but I want to wait till X, Y, Z. Meaning in her case, I want to wait till student loan payments kick back in. Well, it's been two and a half years now. She did nothing. So she's literally in the same spot. But I hear other people say it all the time. Well, I'll build my plan after I get married. I'll build my plan after I finish paying off my car. I'll build my, uh, implement my plan after I'm done paying off my credit cards. And guess what? after never happens. And the next thing they know, they're gonna end up at 45, 50, 55 years old, saying, well, I'm gonna to start tomorrow. And so all the understanding and all the planning means nothing unless you actually implement it. And again, Michelle figured, found that out. 
She literally did nothing for two and a half years. No Roth IRA, no student loan strategy, nothing. Put everything on hold. Two and a half years later, same exact spot. Okay? And I've seen that a lot with student loans over the last two and a half years. But even worse, okay? Earlier this year, she got an email from a student loan should have emailed me with it as soon as she got it, but she didn't. She just, oh, they're promising me forgiveness and blah, blah, blah. Biden's going to do this and blah, blah, blah. So she goes to this spam company, gives them $300 for nothing. Okay. And now she was more confused than ever because this forgiveness and that forgiveness and that and blah, 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 blah. So finally she scheduled another call with us. Okay. And... I was like, well, how come you haven't done anything on your plan? She's like, because I've been waiting for student loan payments. And it's like, well, your finances in your life go on regardless of student loans or they're not. Okay. So you still should have a plan. You should be implementing that. And I told her like that thing that she did was spam. Now, what she didn't realize, like her plan two and a half years ago or three years ago when we first met was for her to go on public service loan forgiveness because she worked at a nonprofit. Okay, she did nothing because everything was on forbearance. But by this time, when I had talked to her again, it had been 10 years since she started working. She qualified for public service loan forgiveness, meaning all she had to do was send in the form and boom, loans were gone. And so sure enough, that's what she did. She sent in the forms and Loans are gone, 140 grand. Those of you that don't know, public service loan forgiveness, if you work at a nonprofit for 10 years and you're on an income driven repayment plan, boom, they're gone. Now, instead of saying I'm implementing my plan when we first met, when they went on the forbearance, she's like, well, I don't have a payment, so I don't need to worry about this. What she didn't know was that during COVID, those months counted towards forgiveness. And so she's like, wow, I've been stressing about this for two years and I, I just, they're gone, like fantastic. Okay, so she was excited about that. And that made her realize I needed to be on top of this stuff more often because she, like I said, she was excited because she saw the light at the end of the tunnel when we first talked and then she did nothing. And she still stayed burned out and stressed out about money for two and a half, three years after we initially had talked. And so now she decided to take action. She got her student loans forgiven and she was finally convinced that, yes, I got to keep doing this with other stuff. So with her 403B and her Roth IRA, by the end of uh, 2023, she will be on pace to have about thirty-five dollars or $40,000. So basically double of where she was at uh, when she first came to us. Not only that, but her car loan is also going to be paid off by the end of 2023 because now she's aggressively paying that off. But more importantly... She's like, I no longer have to stress about money because I know exactly what I'm doing. That was her, her quote exactly. She knows exactly where to put money, what her goals are, what she's doing. And she finally took the step to actually implement that plan. Okay. So the key thing with Mary, and you guys have heard me say this over and over, is that money's no longer dictating her life. It's complimenting her life. See, if you're burning out with money, a lot of that has to do because you're not thinking about it correctly. You're not understanding it correctly. Therefore, you can't achieve financial freedom if you're always stressed out about it. That's Financial freedom, if, again, if you guys haven't heard me say this, financial freedom is not having to stress about money. It's not a dollar amount. It's not having to stress about it. Not having to stress about it has to deal with understanding, planning, and implementing that plan. Okay? 
And she's back to loving OT. Absolutely loves her wife now, loves being an OT. And I joked around with her the other day. I'm like, are you sure glad you didn't quit being an OT to do something else like because of money? She's like, yeah. Like that would have been, talk about compounding problems. Like she's like, that would have made it even worse. Okay. And so, like I said, every single one of you can do this. Let it be 140K in student loan debt. You're on public service loan forgiveness. You're paying off your loans, whatever it is. Uh, 401Ks, investments, 403Bs, saving for mortgages, all that stuff. You can lift that weight off your shoulder by understanding what you're doing in terms of those of you that don't know. We always talk about understanding is knowing how to organize your money correctly to make your life easy. Being able to build a plan off of how you organize it very quickly and being able to implement that plan and know what you're doing. That is financial freedom. Okay. That is the key. And as always, if you guys want help doing that, all you got to do is go to fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call with your coach. We'll walk you through how to build the plan and all that type of stuff. Help you walk through this and make sure that you guys are on your path towards financial freedom. But Michelle wanted me to share her story because it's doable, but she also wanted to share with you because like I said, she's been out of school now for 10 or 11 years. She wanted to share that experience with you guys because she looked back on it and said, man, like if I would have known this when I was in school or when I graduated and I had this set up, she's like, I'm 37, 38 years old now. I would have been in a 10 times better financial situation, but I would have been without stress about all this stuff. And so the relationships that she had that ended between friends and boyfriends and whatnot, because of the stress she was on, she was like, I just imagine what my life would have been had I not been stressed out like this about money and I would have taken years. Okay. So that's Michelle's story. Again, if you guys want help with all that type of stuff with money, financial freedom, building your plan, implementing it, like I said, build your profile. We'll be talking to you guys soon.